The magic of cinema. The creativity within the minds of storytellers. The pure intent to portray. These are all reasons why I love films and their scores. You're listening to A Real Glimpse, a podcast discussing all things filmmaking and review. This is a Nine of Wands production. And I'm a bad guy. Uh, let's see. I'm nine feet tall. I weigh 643 pounds. Got a bit of a temper on me. My passion bubbles very near the surface, I guess. Not gonna lie. Anywho, uh, what else? Uh, I'm a wrecker. I wreck things. Professionally. I mean, I'm very good at what I do. Probably the best I know. The thing is, fixing's the name of the game. Literally. Fix-It Felix Jr. So yeah, naturally, the guy with the name Fix-It Felix is the good guy. He's nice enough as good guys go. Definitely fixes stuff really well. But uh, if you got a magic hammer from your father, how hard can it be? If he was a regular contractor, carpenter guy, I guarantee you, you would not be able to fix the damage that I do as quickly. When Felix does a good job, he gets a medal. But... Are there medals for wrecking stuff really well? To that, I say, ha! And no, there aren't. For 30 years I've been doing this, and I've seen a lot of other games come and go. It's sad. Think about all those guys at Asteroids. Boom! Gone. Centipede? Who knows where that guy is, you know? Look, a steady arcade gig is nothing to sneeze at. I'm very lucky. It's just, I gotta say, It becomes kind of hard to love your job when no one else seems to like you for doing it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of A Real Glimpse. I am your friend and host, Sabrina in Seattle, and it is just a lovely afternoon here outside Seattle. Uh, The sun is out. It's not raining. And uh, for those of you locals, you know, we've been getting a lot of rain. It's the rainy season after all, and uh, it's just been very wet. So uh, I'm really happy to see that the sun is out. It's just a lovely, lovely view outside my window. So today I want to talk all about one of, well, it's in my top 10 favorite films lists, okay? And I literally have that list, and I can uh, share the entire list with you at some point. But today's episode is all about Wreck-It Ralph. The 
It's a 2012 Disney film. And it's animated. And I am going to go so far as to say that this film is actually my favorite animated film ever. Uh, and for so many reasons. And I'm going to get into uh, all of them here very soon. Um, I did want to make a quick little mention, though, that um, The Nightmare Before Christmas is my favorite film of all time. Although it was actually the first full-length stop motion animated type film. So um, that's a little bit of a fun fact there, but there's going to be an entire episode all on NBC uh, in the future. So stay tuned for that closer to Halloween time, I'm guessing. Anyway, back to Wreck-It Ralph. So for those of you who haven't seen the movies or TV series or anything that I might be referencing throughout this series, I want it to be still okay for you to enjoy this episode. And uh, to make that possible, I'm going to start out by giving just a brief uh, overall synopsis of the film itself, just to kind of, you know, give you guys an idea of of where where I'm going to be coming from as I get deeper and deeper into it. To put it in a nutshell, I guess, the the film starts with that opening monologue that I recited to start the show, and that was uh, spoken by the character Wreck-It Ralph, who is brilliantly portrayed by actor John C. Riley. I just love his voice for this character. He brings so much heart to Wreck-It Ralph, and... Um, just throughout the the film there we're just we we love him and we're on his side and we just want to see him you know get everything that he wants and more and John C Riley was just such a the perfect uh big burly you know kind of maybe clumsy or you know violent or not violent but has a temper right as he mentioned in in that intro there and so the character Wreck-It Ralph is this bad guy in the game Fix-It Felix Jr. and the film starts out where we're given a really in-depth look at the lives of these video game characters okay and it's so cool because there's all sorts of video game characters there's uh in in his little meeting, it's it's you know kind of resembling a a, a a group you know anonymous group type meeting. It's called Bad Anon or Bad Anonymous, and so all these villains are gathered in this room and they're you know talking about their problems, like all the issues that a, a video game character villain might face. And so Ralph is sharing his story. He's been doing this for 30 years. He bangs on these bricks. He wrecks the buildings. And then Felix comes along with his magic hammer that he was inherited. That was, in, right? It was given to him by his father. And, you know, he fixes everything just so magically at all the work that Ralph does. And then Felix gets a medal at the end. But Ralph just gets kicked off the building and gets to go sleep on a pile of bricks every night. And 30 years, that's been his story uh, in this arcade gig, as he says. So we just, we see Ralph at this crossroads in his life where, you know, he's asking himself, what am I doing this for? What's the point? You know, why? Um, I want something, you know, he, he, he wants, it seems like he wants something to change. And we see him express to the townspeople within Fix-It Felix Jr. that he just really wants to win a medal and prove to them that he, that bad guys can win a medal too because he just really feels left out and kind of rejected. So that's a really a strong 
you know, plot line or a story arc in in this movie here as Ralph being the main character. Anyway, uh, going back to, to speak on the little bad Anon group that they portray here in the very opening of the film, it's, um, it, it just really pays homage to all the classic video games that we grew up with. And, uh, you know, there is Bowser from Mario, uh, Mario Brothers, and Pac-Man is the leader of this group. You know, it takes place in his little office area in the middle of the Pac-Man game. And there's Zangief from Street Fighter. He has a funny little role there talking about how he uh, crushes skull between thighs and there's Dr. Eggman from Sonic so it's just so cool uh, and I'm gonna get into some kind of fun facts about the animations themselves a little later but uh, just to kind of get this little point in your mind now uh, the animators really had to create all these different characters from all these unique worlds and bring them into one so you know, so how Pac-Man moved, you know, kind of just either uh, west to east or north to south there. Uh, that was his f- range of movements. But then, you know, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, he's kind of he kind of has more natural movements. You know, he moves diagonally and sideways and just kind of more as you would expect. But then the the characters within the Fix-It Felix game, that is is an 8-bit game so you know very low pixels pixel count and um you know uh those characters all kind of have really distinct moves themselves like they only can move you know forwards backwards or um side to side but never diagonally so it's really interesting to see just the amount of detail that was put into this movie and that was you know one of the things that i loved about it but uh i will continue on now to some of the stories so basically Ralph makes it known he doesn't want to be the bad guy anymore. So he travels outside of his own game, Fix-It Felix Jr., and he stumbles upon this other game, which uh, is called Hero's Duty, and it is a modern modern uh, shooter, you know, first-person shooter game. Very hyper, hyper-realistic characters. Uh, we're introduced to another one of the main characters, Calhoun, and that uh, character is portrayed by the brilliant Jane Lynch. I love her. She's from, you you can see her in the series Glee or the film's Role Models and uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, just to name a few. She's so funny. And uh, one of my favorite scenes includes her, but I'll get into that a little later. Um, So this Calhoun, she's uh, this... uh, you know, chief commander woman, and she's getting all these guys, all her soldiers ready for this, you know, war to fight these bugs, and, uh, and that's, that's the point of this game here, there's bugs and, uh, this modern first-person shooter, uh, you know, Ralph gets himself amidst them, and, oh, you know, but one of the rules of this film is, or, yeah, one of the rules of this world, this gaming world where you can travel between different games is you can't die in, well, outside of your game. If you die outside of your game, you do not regenerate. So that is an issue we have to be aware of as well. So anyway, Ralph, uh, the reason Ralph chose to enter into this game is because Heroes Duty, they win a medal at the end if they can beat their level there in that, in that 
cyborg fighting scene. So he's thinking, oh, yeah, whatever, I can do this. But then it turns out, you know, he actually uh, has quite a bit of a panic there uh, when the the game starts and he's, you know, given this big gun and he's in this, you know, soldier sci-fi suit and he has no idea, he's way out of his element. Uh, so, you know, he, he does what he, he does his best and somehow avoids being killed by these cybugs and he hops up this huge building and climbs and climbs and finally he sees this huge glorious metal just dangling waiting to be, you know, received and he tiptoes over all these little eggs of cybugs because, you know, there's this layer where they're just all waiting to hatch and, you know, he makes it, he makes it, he gets to the medal, he wins the medal, he has this moment where he's awarded and it's really grand and he's like, oh, I did it, I did it. Um, then he kind of, you know, clumsiness or his big footedness kicks in and he stumbles on one of these cybug eggs and it starts to hatch and it hatches very quickly and that triggers all the other little eggs to hatch and before you know it Ralph has created Armageddon and he has to escape or else he could die and not ever have a chance at regenerating so he gets in this jetpack of some sort a cruiser and um, you know manages to escape that where the building where he was but a cybug gets in with him and together they just buzz bez you know fly around and then they shoot out of the game uh and eventually then we learn that it infests a third game that we are that we dive into called sugar rush and it is yet another different type of game it's a kart racing game set in this sweet candy candy land world where just everything is made of everything is made of candy and everything is inspired by candy and it's just this magical place and all the little characters you know kind of inspired by you know uh, anime type uh, little little girls there just the way you know the big eyes and just these little bodies and they're really cute and the the main character from that that we uh, get introduced to. Her name is Vanellope Von Schweetz. So even the names are inspired by all this candy deliciousness. And Vanellope is this is uh, well, first of all, uh, the voice actress is the wonderful, wonderful Sarah Silverman. And yet again, I just think she was the perfect cast for this little part of Vanellope. She's quirky, sassy as all get out. Um, you know, really kind of, she can be a little manipulative. You know, she plays her card really well. And uh, her card being, you know, just this little innocent girl, right? But we definitely learn very quickly that she's not so innocent. Um, as Ralph, you know, wrecks this cruiser thing that he hijacked with a cybug that now is going to invest or, I'm sorry, is going to infest all of Sugar sugar Rush land, um, which is going to be a major issue in the in the very last of the film. But his metal goes flying off and lands in this huge peppermint tree thing that uh, he has to climb. And as he's ascending this peppermint tree to, to retrieve his metal that he won, uh, he runs into Vanellope, who's just chilling on this branch. And she kind of introduces herself you know, just hello and gets this conversation going and she kind of, you know, just she knows that he's not from around there, you know, she's he's obviously not a part of their game. So that kind of interests her. And then she sees that he's chasing after this metal 
And that could actually be her ticket to glory and fame because her story is that she is a she she's a glitch. People portray her within that sugar rush land that, you know, at times she has what she calls pixlexia and she kind of glitches out and we see her character just you know her pixels kind of get all wonky for a moment and her voice kind of cracks and um you know it she kind she can't really control it uh that we know of right away so that's kind of an interesting little bit about that uh, Vanellope's character so you know she's got this angle that that medal could be her chance at finally getting into a race because in that sugar rush you can only race if you have a gold medal to put into the pot for winnings and you know sh- uh, no one else just lets her race because she's a glitch and they're afraid of her really and they don't really understand her and she's different than everybody else right so oh you know that's that's kind of a, a deeper thing you know not to to just be accepting of everyone no matter what right and you know everyone has their own struggles so here we we kind of feel for Vanellope even though she's a little sassy and and uh you know just well she's very independent and uh we just see a fun little quirky side of her and, and Sarah Silverman is just absolutely loving in that role. Uh, I just love Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph's relationship as it, as it builds and builds throughout the movie. So anyway, basically, uh, those two form this, this companionship there where, uh, Vanellope, uh, later learns that Ralph can wreck things with his big, big hands, and she makes him a deal. She says, well, if you help me build a cart so I can race, I will win that race, and I will win your medal back. So if he does this one thing for her, she will then in turn do something for him. They all win. Everybody can go home. It's happy, happy. So Ralph, you know, seeing how... That might be his only option. He goes for it, and the scene where we see Ralph helping Vanellope uh, break into this building and build her cart is really cute. That it's that point where these two, you know, extremely different characters are bonding over this one moment where, you know, they've decided to help each other and that they're in this together. So why not, you know, why not form something? A little a little deeper so it's really cool to see Ralph kind of getting into it and enjoying you know and Vanellope's bringing out the sweeter side of him right like a, a ki- the kids side in him and he's really getting in touch with a different part of him that he's he hasn't been able to tack into by just you know wrecking things on a daily basis so you know here he's using his powers for a, a, a good reason you know, to help this little girl out who's who's becoming one of his only friends. So that's a really sweet scene in the film there. And uh, Ralph helps Vanellope build her cart. She's got this cart. Everything's wonderful. She's so excited to get racing. Uh, but then they get busted by King Candy, who I forgot to mention a little earlier. He's the ruler of this sugar rush land and uh, his character is really interesting it is the actor that portrays king candy's voice is alan tudyk i'm not quite sure i'm pronouncing that name right but uh, a quick little glimpse on king candy's character is that 
the character was very heavily influenced and inspired by the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland, the 1951 Disney film. So it's just kind of cool to see Disney play with their characters like that and, you know, kind of make these throwbacks but you know put them in a, a twist in a different in a different uh, scenario entirely so that's a little bit on King Candy's character and for some reason he he uh keeps really close tabs on the glitch or Vanellope because uh for some reason she seems a little threatening to him and we're not quite sure why right away so he busts in on them making this cart and Ralph is Ralph tells Vanellope hey we gotta go let's step on it right and she's like, I can't actually drive a cart. <laughs> and this is a really funny part in the movie. He just looks at her and the expression on his face and he says, you don't what? And just he can't believe that she doesn't know how to drive this cart after he's been hearing her go on and on about, oh, I just I want to race. I can win. I'm, you know, the best racer ever. And she here we suddenly realize that, oh, she she's actually never tried driving a cart because she's never had the access to it so oh want 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 that's also another really a fun a really fun scene one of my favorite scenes in that film so they make their escape and ralph helps her uh ralph helps her learn how to drive because obviously if she's gonna win she's gonna need to know how to drive her cart and uh that's a really cool bonding scene for them to set to a Rihanna song, Shut Up and Drive. So the little montage there as she's uh, practicing her driving skills. Ralph you know, wrecks, uh, kind of paves this path for her and she she drives it and drives and does laps and he, you know, she, he helps her figure out the clutch and the brake and, you know, what that third pedal is. Um, so that that's a really fun fun little moment in the film too so anyway um i think that gives you guys a really a, perhaps even more of an in-depth look at the movie than i was anticipating but uh i also wanted to get in some other things with it though some things that perhaps you guys uh would not have known i love to watch the special features that are included in a blu-ray or a dvd and I really enjoyed watching the special features for this Wreck-It Ralph. And I will uh, share with you some things that I learned from it that I just thought were so cool. So again, going back to the fact that in this film, they really played with creating these vastly different worlds within the different types of video games. So it started out, we really got a, a look into Fix-It Felix Jr., which was uh, portrayed as an 8-bit game, which I mentioned was when the, you know, very low pixelations, 8 bits versus, you know, 16-bit, uh, 24-bit. There's different, uh, those ca those characters moved in very, um, you know, strict ways, I guess you could say. Very minimal, I should say. Not, not so much strict, but just minimal movement, you know, one limb at a time or, you know, just very simple, right, and um, precise. And so that was very uh, one type of distinct world that we were uh, drug into. And then the other one being Hero's Duty, which was that modern, very hyper-realistic uh, shooter game, you know. Oh, and then um, watching the the animators talk about this, the film there, they made a cool little connection of 
Wreck-It Ralph the film is a little is similar to the other Disney classic Toy Story in the fact that in Toy Story, uh, you know, it was all of Andy's toys. And once Andy left the room, the toys came to life and we were you know, given a look at the world that these toys have and all the relationships between them. And so now, you know, looking looking back at Wreck-It Ralph here, um, you know, the we're given these real in-depth looks at these video game characters in all these different types of video games. So it's the life of those type of stories, you know, and uh, just making that little connection there uh, between Wreck-It Ralph and Toy Story. So then um, going back to the hyper-realistic hero's duty, very, you know, very geometric in design, and the animators were saying how uh, they said, okay, we, like, think of saving Private Ryan versus aliens, and now make the most intense four-minute animation inspired by those. And as, as we see in that scene in the movie, you know, it's shaky cameras and it's combat, uh, combat mission kind of, you know, maybe uh, getting on the apocalypse there or maybe almost post-apocalyptic where just these bugs are trying to rule the world or whatever. And uh, so that's just very cool, very sci-fi. So just thinking that their inspiration was Saving Private Ryan, you know, uh, with Tom Hanks there and and that that mission there. And then uh, Aliens, which is something completely different, uh, just combining those two elements and then getting that. Oh, and one other thing that I wanted to mention, that scene features an original track by Skrillex. He is the crazy cool electronic music producer, DJ, singer, and songwriter. And, uh, you know, Skrillex kind of has some dubstep, electro house, EDM music there. And and for him to have have a little little spot in Wreck-It Ralph just really made... A, a stamp in time, you know, where uh, just these, you know, the modern first-person shooter, sci-fi, and then just score that with this, you know, very popular electronic music producer. I just, it was a really cool uh, collaboration there, and I loved loved hearing Skrillex's track on that. And actually, he in the animation there, and if I have a, if I have, if I find a video clip of it, I will link it in my. Uh, show notes on my website, nineofwandsproductions.com. But uh, they actually animated Skrillex there, and he's like DJing at the house party in the, in the, in the very beginning of the movie. Um, did you guys notice that? Who else noticed that? I, uh, I didn't see that probably the first time, but I've seen this movie so many times now that you know each time you watch a movie, you kind of notice more and more details and connections. So uh, that was something I enjoyed seeing for sure. All right, another fun little insider fact that I learned from those special features was that while they were getting their inspiration and ideas for creating the land of Sugar Rush, they had their animators build models out of real candy to get the shapes and textures and color and structure uh, of how, you know, candy would be uh, used throughout this world. And um, basically, they got paid to build 
gingerbread houses uh, out of candy. And that's just so cool to think about. You know, you would really just, it would be such a cool day to be at work where you can just build with your hands and play with this candy. And one of the comments that one of the animators made was that, you know, after the first few days of, you know, munching here and there on the candy, they uh, just could not even look, you know, stand to think about eating it after a while. Just, you know, months and months of you, you know, working with this stuff, you know, you, you couldn't afford to eat, eat that much candy that for that amount of time. So that was kind of funny that, you know, they got their sugar highs, but then they had to just focus on the work. But, um, how cool. And, uh, you know, then a big part of the film was this diet cola Mentos volcano mountain thing. And, uh, the, the animators got to, you know, make that explosion in real life too. So again, just kind of going out and doing these little science experiments on the job, you know, just all in the name of good animation and accuracy and, you know, as true of portrayal as can be portrayed within this animated world. So that would, that's just so cool. All right. So, um, I've talked quite a bit on the overall plot and story of Wreck-It Ralph. Got a little bit of uh, looks at all the characters, the lovable characters there. And to kind of wrap up here, again, I... I will be including some links to videos of my favorite scenes, some of them that I mentioned throughout this podcast, and so you guys can take a look at that and watch those on your own, and those will be in my <clears throat> blog section of my website, which again is nineofwandsproductions.com. This podcast is being released uh, within the first week here that this the series A Real Glimpse has been accepted on iTunes. So I'm still very much celebrating that. Thank you, everyone who has already showed so much support for the show and has you know re- reached out to me. It really means a lot, and I love the interaction there. So you know if if you're if you're an iTunes user, you know click subscribe and get instant downloads of every new episode. Um, also. If you're you're on Facebook, look for my page, Sabrina in Seattle. Give that page a like and we can get talking too. I'd love to know your favorite scenes from Wreck-It Ralph or or any other movies that you like. So please, you know, open up the the conversation and let's get get chatting. I love that. So to wrap up on this Wreck-It Ralph, I want to talk about one last scene, kind of the resolution, the climax of the film, and um, also... Before I do that, though, briefly mention the composer because I really did enjoy the original score of this film as well. Uh, just very heartfelt and cute at times, you know, especially with the Sugar Rush theme and the um, the, the very intro there where uh, we see the characters uh, travel between the games via these cables and, you know, Game Central Station where... Uh, they all can choose, you know, what game they want to travel to. And uh, it's just, that was a really, just a beautiful, fun, lighthearted score that was very sentimental to Wreck-It Ralph and the themes within that film. So anyway, uh, composer Henry Jackman, and he's got quite a, quite a, a repertoire here. Some of his films that he's composed for are X-Men First Class, Turbo, Kick-Ass 2, Captain Phillips, 
Captain America Winter Soldier, which those of you might know, I am totally a huge fan of these Marvel movies and the whole Avengers series. Um, Okay, but going on, he composed Big Hero 6 also, which is also one of my favorite animations. We'll be going into that movie more later. Uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, that was a really cool flick too. And then uh, the a movie that's in post-production currently, Captain America's Civil War. I am so ex- excited for this movie. I, I'm not going to be able to contain myself, so I'm not even going to get into that. Back to Wreck-It Ralph, <laughs> okay? So Henry Jackman uh, brilliantly paired with this film to uh, help create the sound bed for all these different animated worlds and lovable characters. So thank you for that work, Mr. Jackman. All right, so the the resolution of Wreck-It Ralph, his, you know, theme of not wanting to be the bad guy anymore necessarily or just at least having something, you know, worthwhile that he's done that he can feel good about. And he really has his moment of redemption in the finale where um, we learn throughout the film that Vanellope is a glitch and she can't leave the game, you know, so all these cybugs have infested this sugar rush world and they're, uh, towards the end, they just completely have their out, outward attack and they're overtaking the land and all the video game characters within Sugar Rush have to escape this mass exodus, you know, out to Game Central Station so they can just be safe for the 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 immediate future but ralph cannot stand to see vanellope just go down with the ship so he sacrifices himself by banging away at all the mentos on that diet cola volcano fountain thing and you know as he's falling to inevitable certain death He's grasping this token that Vanellope made for him earlier in the film. It's kind of this candy necklace, and on it says, you're my hero. And Vanellope made that for him after he made her the cart. And it's just this really sentimental moment where we're seeing Wreck-It Ralph kind of come full circle. He's holding this piece from his one of his dearest friends now to his heart you know the last thing that he's doing he's giving up his life so that his friend might be able to to see another day and he recites the badanon creed i am bad and that's good i will never be good and that's not bad there is no one i would rather be than me and it's just so touching to see him have this moment where, you know, he, we, we can tell that he's happy that he's made this decision, you know, as long as he can see Vanellope not have to suffer, he's okay with that. And, you know, the fact that he was able to gain her friendship, that, that's enough. And that was very sentimental for him. And then um, actually we see Vanellope flips the coins on us there and kind of becomes his hero saves him at the last moment and, uh, you know, pulls him out before he's taken by this cola volcano eruption and uh, pulls him to safety. So in the end, she was able to be his hero as well. And I was just super sweet and, you know, a happy, happy ending there that we get. So everyone does live happily and it's just very touching, very feel good and just something you feel really good after watching. So I really enjoy this film. Um, 
would again would love to know what you guys thought of it. I hope you enjoyed that little those little behind the scenes uh, bits that I shared from the special features. Um, it would be cool to know if anyone else is such a such a special feature nerd as myself as well. I I just always enjoy knowing things that are just you know behind the scenes because that's I want to be in the scenes. You know I wanna I wanna make music for movies myself. So uh, that's my my calling in life. So again, guys, thank you for another really fun episode. I hope you've enjoyed. Reach out to me, visit my website, nineofwandsproductions.com, or look me up on Facebook. My page is Sabrina in Seattle, and let's get chatting. I'd love to start up a conversation with you about film, music, scores, you know, whatever in general. So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and I will be talking to you soon. I am bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There is no one I would rather be than me. podcast is brought to you by Nine of Wands Productions. Thanks for listening. Just smile and be yourself. It's okay. <laughs>